When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, listeners of the Everything Medicare podcast. Christian Brindle here. And even though this episode that you're about to hear specifically discusses a particular insurance company in the Medicare health industry, it does not mean that the Everything Medicare podcast, Christian Brindle, or Christian Brindle Insurance Services endorses them or recommends anybody enroll into any of their plans for any reason that is going to be talked about on this episode today. We do not endorse or recommend any particular insurance company over another. It all is dependent on a particular person's situation. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of this week's Everything Medicare podcast, and thank you for joining me. This is Christian Brindle here, where every single week I bring you a podcast where I discuss your Medicare, your Medicaid, your Social Security, and everything that has to do with that golden age called retirement. And folks, I hope this podcast finds you on a Monday morning in a joyful, healthy, happy, positive state, and I hope you had a fantastic weekend. This past weekend was the first weekend that I was a dad. So that was kind of interesting. That was kind of cool. Um, we've had our daughter, our infant newborn baby girl daughter. She's been at home for, let's see, we brought her home last Thursday. So that would be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So this is day five that she is here. And again, I wanted to take a minute to thank you for all of the support, all of the love. And we did a podcast on Saturday specifically targeted and specifically mentioning grandchildren because I thought it would be an interesting thing, you know, for for kids in general and how they're covered at birth for different types of insurance. But specifically what I went over and what I touched on was life insurance and health insurance so if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to that. I think you'll enjoy it. I think it was an interesting, a little kind of a fun thing to talk about, an interesting thing that a lot of people may or may not know. Um, and, you know, a lot of people may have gone through it with their kids, but maybe if, you know, your kids are grown, you know, things probably have changed a couple of different times in the insurance industry. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to know how things work today with the way things go with, you know, the Affordable Health Care Act, the marketplace, group plans, subsidies, all that fun stuff. So really, really good episode. I really enjoyed doing it. Go back and listen to it. Today, folks, I have an interesting episode for you. And I don't usually do any episodes specifically about a particular insurance company. Now, if you listen to the episode at the beginning, we, we, brought, we, we gave a disclosure stating that you know, we don't, we're not recommending any particular company for anybody. It needs to be specifically chosen by you based off of your needs, your preferences. Not every single insurance company, no matter, not any insurance company in particular, I should say, no matter how good on paper they might seem, 
is always the best fit for every single person. It needs to be specifically picked out based off of what prescriptions you take, what doctors you see, what benefits you need, and the particular situation that you might find yourself in if you have any sicknesses or ailments or whatever the case may be. So keep that in mind. I'm not saying that we're going to be recommending CVS or Edna. I just think it's something to keep in mind for. You know, like I'll give you an example. You know, United Healthcare is probably, I think it's pretty safe to say that they are the largest Medicare insurance company in the United States. They're a Fortune 500 company. Last time I checked, they were number five, maybe number four on it, on the Fortune 500 list. I don't remember to be specific, but I know that they have more members on Medicare supplements, Medigaps, than any other insurance company in the country. They have more members on Medicare Advantage plans than anyone else in the country. So it, that's just, it is what it is, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're always going to be the best fit for everybody because they're, frankly, they're not. My agency and my organization carries multiple different insurance companies for that very reason because if it was a one-size-fits-all, we could just get with one company. We could, we, could, we could partner with one company and only offer them and be fine for everybody else. It's not the way it works. That's why we partner with so many different insurance companies because everyone's different. Everyone has different needs. And for me as a my broker, when I'm working with someone, it's important for me to put my own specific um, my own specific opinion and views and preferences to the side and do what's best for the customer and the organization. You won't believe how many times I'll do an insurance company for somebody that I don't like working with by any means, but it's the best thing for that person. You know, um, it's going to save them the most money. It's going to work the best thing for them on whatever particular thing that they're looking for. And, you know, some people that do what I do and are in the same industry as my company is, wouldn't necessarily do that. But, you know, they would just sell the company or recommend the company they want. If someone wants it, they won't, they won't do it for them. We don't believe in that, okay? We do what people want us to do and what we feel is best for them, period. And that's the way that it should be. So I thought this was an interesting um, observation here because I saw an article over the weekend that really got me thinking. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, you think of CVS, right? The title of this episode is CVS slash Aetna could become the largest health insurer in America. Now, of course, this is dependent on a lot of things, what happens in politics and so on and so forth in the upcoming election. (laughs) Excuse me. I'm fighting a little bit of the sniffles this week. So that has a lot to do with it, and that could obviously change this, but I think this is a really interesting thing to watch. So CVS, when you think about CVS, you think about the pharmacies, right? They have national pharmacies. They're probably, I mean... If they're not the number one, they're at least the top three largest pharmacy right now in the country. You know, um, they have, let me pull up some statistics for you. Okay. They have almost just under 10,000, 9,900 retail locations. Okay. CVS has filled 2.6 billion prescriptions. That's a, that's that's an that's an, that's an insane number, 2.6 billion. They're the largest US pharmacy based on total prescription revenue for the last few years. Um they have 
Okay, so this is the and they're number seven on the Fortune 500 list. For those of you who don't know, CVS and I did an episode about this earlier on. If you want to know more about this, go back and listen to that episode. But I'll tell you quite a bit on this one, so you might not need to. But if you want to, if you're really interested on this, you'll get get a lot of information by listening to this episode and that one. But CVS pharmacies purchased Aetna. And most people that are listening to this recognize the Aetna name. They know what Aetna is. But for those of you who don't know, Aetna is a huge insurance company. They probably are one of the five largest insurance companies in the Medicare world in the United States. They really are a force to be reckoned with. And, but they're not perfect. You know, they're not perfect. No insurance company is. But they haven't been as big as, let's say, United or something like that. So CVS bought them, and they're a national insurance company, for $70 billion. So this is a big deal. What this tells me is CVS is looking to become a juggernaut, a monster in the healthcare industry in all areas. They want to dominate the, the pharmacy section of this, the prescription section of this. They want to dominate the healthcare section of this. And I read something over the weekend that was fascinating to me because they're really looking to scale their business. You could see the CVS slash Aetna name um, become an eclipse anybody else in the next five years or so. I mean, and I think CVS is a very well-ran company from everything I can understand about them, but they have opened up 1,100 walk-in medical clinics across the country. From my understanding, what that is is basically people can walk in and see a doctor, almost like an urgent care clinic. But I, if, I, if I'm understanding that correctly, it's a CVS clinic. I don't know if they're attached to the CVS pharmacy stores or if they're part of them, like in the back. I think that that's what it could be. I don't know if it's that or they're separate locations altogether. But that's a big number you know, across the country. And it looks like they're only planning on getting larger. And they're just really moving fast, you know. And with them purchasing Aetna, that gives them instant credibility in the healthcare market. Aetna doesn't only do Medicare plans, Medicare supplements, Medicare Advantage plans, prescription drug plans, all that stuff. Aetna does group plans. In some parts of the country, I, st- I believe, don't quote me on this because it's not my expertise, but I believe they still do marketplace plans, Affordable Care Act plans. Now, since they purchased Aetna, they now have 23 million policyholders on health care plans. That's huge. I mean, um, not only that, CVS owns a company called Silverscript that a lot of you might be familiar with. Silverscript has, is, has more customers on prescription drug plans, PDPs, in the Medicare world, plans that are designed to go with Medicare supplements, than any other insurance company. That includes United, Humana, anybody. So that's a subsidiary of CVS. They're owned by CVS. So they already had a pretty good foothold in the insurance industry with Silverscript. Now they own Silverscript and Aetna. Okay. They called it a merger, but it's really CVS buying Aetna. So, sorry, more sniffles. But it's really fascinating to look at. And I'm going to share more thoughts with you after this break and after a quick word from our sponsor. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome back, folks. Thanks for sticking with us. And this is the Everything Medicare podcast, and my name is Christian Brindle. So this week we're talking about CVS and Aetna and why I think that it's a very strong possibility that they might eclipse every other insurance company in years to come as the num- as the largest insurer in the United States, assuming that nothing goes crazy you know, with this next coming election in Congress and all that stuff. It depends on a couple of things. But assuming that doesn't happen, and I don't, I don't personally believe that it will, but that's a, that's a conversation for another day. In my opinion, folks, CVS is not the only company that has kind of started to branch out and that kind of stuff. United Healthcare owns other companies. They own mail-order pharmacies. Humana owns mail-order pharmacies. Um, United Healthcare owns subsidiaries that, you know, do different kinds of things, and Humana owns smaller clinics and things like that. So CVS is the first company to do this. This isn't a foreign concept. But in my opinion, we're going to get off track here a little bit, and let's just talk about business for a second, because a lot of this has to do with business. In my opinion, there are three major facets of the the healthcare industry. In the United States today, as everything is formulated, number one, you got the prescriptions, pharmacy, prescriptions, etc. That's number one. Number two, you have health insurance, health insurance coverage, covering people. Number three, you have health care, like hospitals, doctors, that kind of stuff. I'm of the opinion that they are moving to dominate all three areas and they're the only company that's doing that that i can see they're already a monster company being the seventh company on the fortune 500 list that's enormous as it is um they paid 70 billion dollars for etna like i said and a lot of experts thought that they overpaid by 10 or 20 billion dollars and but they can afford to do that and they really wanted etna etna gives them credibility in number two the health insurance section of things because they instantly, you know, have the credibility of the Aetna name. And CVS is a really well-run company, so they can come in and kind of fix things that Aetna doesn't necessarily do right. Every company has that, but, you know, they're a very well-run company, in my opinion, and they can kind of maybe even improve some things with Aetna. And so we don't know exactly 100% how this is going to affect Aetna. (coughs) Excuse me. We don't know if, you know... Aetna is going to be Aetna slash CVS plans going forward, or if they're just going to fall under the Aetna name and just everybody knows that they're owned by CVS or whatever the case may be. We don't know yet. But what we do know is the f- first two, I think they are at the top of the list of, they're in the top three, if not number one in one of them. The first one, like I said, is... The prescription side of things. They have the largest pharmacy um, group. They're the biggest pharmacy holder in the country. And I think that's pretty obvious because they're national. They have so many locations. They own a company called Caremark that they bought in 2006. And Caremark does a lot of different things. But for the most part, Caremark, um, Caremark um, issues different prescriptions and they hand they they're basically like a third party that some insurance companies and other private providers outsource to them to take care of their prescription side of things you know and 
and, you know, provide prescription coverage and things like that. So they already own that company. That Caremark started in the 90s and it's got bigger and bigger and then they bought them. They're looking to expand. They're looking to, um, I don't want to use the word monopolize because that's kind of a dirty word in today's society. But they're looking to scale what they already have. You know, a lot of companies and, you know, whether you are a business person or you're a fan of business or interested in business, I'm not trying to bore you with this because this isn't the everything business podcast. This is the everything Medicare podcast, but this this is relevant. I'm just going to talk about it for a second. When a business gets really big like CVS, you'll see one of two things happen. They get complacent and they just keep doing what they're doing with their stores. And they can stay big for a while, but eventually there's a good chance that they can be overtaken by a new company and they can get put out of business. Complacency in the business world just doesn't get you very far. And that's just not an opinion of mine. That's just a fact. I mean, we can look at other types of businesses and see how this goes, you know, like a, like a Blockbuster. Blockbuster was overtaken by um, Netflix and other streaming services. Blockbuster's gone. Um, Payless is gone. JCPenney is on the verge of being gone. Amazon is crushing so many businesses and stores, malls. Um, my point is the businesses that stay around, they adapt. They change with the world. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a good or a bad thing, but it is, it is a fact of what they do. You know, like Amazon is always adapting and changing and Facebook and Google and these other technology companies. But if you look at what CVS is doing, they're looking to, to do, take hold of the three um, areas of healthcare. Number one, they already have grasp hold on. I think it's pretty safe to say they're the largest pharmacy company in the country right now, and they're, they're looking to maintain that. Them Now, they already had a pretty good foothold in the health insurance industry with SilverScript. Like I said, SilverScript has been... It has more policyholders currently on prescription drug plans than any other insurance company. And that's huge. I mean, there's so many tens of millions of people on Medicare, um, and they have the most popular prescription drug plan in SilverScript that's owned by CVS. But they didn't stop there because prescription drug plans are a small part of that market. You know, there's so many other things. There's Medicare supplements. There's Medicare Advantage plans. There's group plans. There's a, there's Affordable Care Act plans. There's so many different types of insurance plans, life insurance even. Um, so, what do they do? They buy Aetna, and that instantly propels them into the top three, right there. So, the first two categories, they're number one in the first, and you could make a strong argument they're top three, maybe top five if you want to at the worst case scenario, basically instantly, overnight, as far as the healthcare side of things. Like I said, they now have 23 million people that are covered on a plan that falls under the CVS umbrella. And Aetna itself is not a small company. Aetna is a giant. Aetna owns all kinds of subsidiaries and smaller companies that they own. They do. They have life insurance policies. All of that now falls under the CVS umbrella. So the credibility there is enormous, and they're moving to take control of the healthcare industry, not just one part of it. Like I said, I think there's three parts. 
Now, the third part, and that's why I'm doing this podcast because I, I didn't know this until this weekend. Um, they, they've opened up now 1,100 walk-in medical clinics. Now, I don't know 100% about that. I'm going to do some homework and learn some more. But regardless of whether they're doing specific clinics that are separate from the stores or whether they're inside the stores, that's propelling them to compete against some of the larger clinics and they're just going to continue to open more, you know? And so they're moving to take market share in the third category. I'm not trying to bore you with all this business talk, but they're looking to scale and take control in all areas of the healthcare industry and become just a giant and become bigger and badder than any other insurance company. And that could possibly propel them to make some changes, do some things, to, and make their plans so attractive and so user-friendly and just adapt in a way. I mean, this company has shown us that they are capable of adapting and growing for the good, for them. So who's to say they're not going to make some changes with Aetna and make them incredibly user-friendly um, and make them, you know, good in some places that people might have looked at them as not so good. Not saying anything wrong with Aetna, but, you know, there's a reason why they're not the number one company, and I'm just going to leave it at that. The reason they're not United Healthcare, and I'm going to leave it at that. Nothing wrong with that. They're a huge national company. They've been very, very successful, but... That's something that's fascinating to me. And so you might see some changes in Aetna benefits all over the country. Aetna might start propelling itself into a consistent and very, very rich in benefits plans in all different areas because they have CVS backing them. And CVS is a company that can compete with a United Healthcare who's also on the Fortune 500 list. You know, and so, and they're, and they're in the top 10, both companies are. You know, and so they're being backed and financially and this you might see a lot of changes happen in the next three to five years with this. And don't be surprised if you see them become it's just a monster company. It's very, very possible, folks. Now I think it's something to look for. We'll see. We'll see. I could be wrong. I'm not right about anything until it happens. And I have no crystal ball. I just observe what's happening around me and take a look and, and at the possibilities that the future might behold. Stay with me in segment three. Welcome back, folks. Thanks for sticking with me to our third and final segment. My final thought on this. Last segment in segment two, I was talking about how big companies that survive adjust and expand and scale into different parts of their industry. They don't just jump into different industries, though. That's the thing. Some companies do. Some companies are so big that they can do that. But for the most part, you see them, anything they add on or anything that they you know, jump into to expand into usually has something to do with what they originally are well known for, you know, like, for example, you know, you're probably not going to see Ford, which is a car company, start making baby food, you know, or something like that. Ford is going to start making another type of um, mobile of some kind. 
You know, that's how a company like that would expand, just as for the sake of example. So you look at CVS, they're doing it the right way. The, they're a healthcare provider with their pharmacies. So what do they do? They jump into and expand into the other parts of healthcare. They don't just try to do something completely different. They stick with what they know, and that way they're able to dominate and really be very big in that one space. You know, and some people don't like big companies doing that. Some people, I mean, that's fine. I'm not going to tell you how to think or whatever. I'm just saying let's look at how this is playing out and let's consider the possibility that they might become the biggest health care provider in all different sections. They might be a force. If they become top three in all three categories that we talked about, prescription coverage, health insurance, health care, they're going to be untouchable for a lot of companies. And they might threaten some of these other big companies. They might take market share away from some of these other big companies in different areas. They might roll out a way that you know it benefits you to have your health insurance plan through them because then... You might get discounts at their pharmacies that you can't get through any other plan. I don't know. Just throwing it out there, it makes sense. Probably they'd be able to afford to do that. You know? Or you might get discounts at one of their clinics if you have one of their health insurance plans. Who knows? I'm not that, I don't know that to be a fact. I have no, no reason. I'm just throwing that out there. They'll be able to do those kind of things that other companies can't potentially do. And other companies might try to follow, but they're doing it first, which gives them the advantage. Doesn't mean it's necessarily going to work, but we'll see. It's very fascinating to me. We'll have to see how this goes, especially with politics and the upcoming election and everything like that. But very, very interesting to, talk, to, 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 to think about and keep an eye on. And who knows? We'll have to see how that works out for them. I just read this over the weekend and I thought that this would be a fascinating episode to talk about because this could dramatically affect the Medicare industry. Dramatically. Aetna's a big player now, but they could be the player down the road. Like I said at the beginning, I'm not endorsing them. My company is not endorsing them. My podcast is not endorsing them. But this is an interesting topic to talk about. That's all. That's all, folks. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to me week after week and everything that we're doing and we're bringing to you. I mean, I'm flattered. I really am that you take the time to listen to us. If you are on Medicare or you're about to be on Medicare, whatever your case is, if it has to do with Medicare and you live in Utah, Idaho, or Florida, those are the three states that I'm licensed and my company is licensed to work with people in, and you'd like to talk to me. You know, maybe you're not sure which way you want to go with your Medicare or maybe, you know, Potentially, you you know are not sure which way you want to go. You turn sixty five. Maybe you're already on Medicare and you're just not satisfied with what you have, or you're not sure if you can do better. You just want to compare. Whatever your case is, I'm happy to talk with you. I offer my company offers free, no obligation quotes and consultations. It doesn't cost anything to work with me than it would going directly through the insurance company. No no extra fees or anything like that. But the difference is you get the service of my company backing you and you know our ability to look at something and every insurance company and compare the plans and help you out. And so if you live in one of those three states, those the three states we're licensed to work with you in. We're going to be adding more states in the future. 
So we'll keep so keep listening, and I will always announce when we add another state to our portfolio and our ability to work with people in that state. If you'd like to talk with me, call our office Monday through Friday, nine thirty a.m. to four thirty p.m. Mountain Standard Time in Utah, at eight zero one two five 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 three four zero eight zero one two five 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 three four zero, and just ask for Christian. Very very simple, folks. And I'd be happy to talk with you. And if I can't help you, I'll tell you. Promise. And some, and we can't help everybody. But at least you could sleep better at night knowing that you're with the best possible situation for you. If you don't live in one of those three states, folks, and you'd like to just get a little bit more in-depth help from me, I wrote a book for people just like you. It's called Medicare Guidance, Picking the Plan for You. It's on Amazon right now. It's $5.50 right now. And for that price, I'm practically giving it away. It, there's, a, there's a chapter on everything you need to know. Medicare supplements, Medicare Advantage plans, Medicare prescription drug plans, Medicare A and B. It's worth the read. Like I said, it's called Medicare Guidance, Picking the Plan for You. Just go, just go on Amazon. Search Christian Brindle, B-R-I-N-D-L-E, Brindle, and it's a beautiful red book with a Medicare card on it. You can't miss it. It's worth the read, folks. You can, if you can get through that book cover to cover, it's not a page turner. Try to make it as interesting as it possibly can, just like I do on here. But if you can get through that book cover to cover, you'll know more about Medicare than 90% of the population and more than a lot of brokers. I promise. There's a lot of information, and it's broken down in layman's terms. It's not in Chinese insurance lingo. I really encourage you to pick it up if you're having trouble. I promise it can help you. I really, really do. Thank you so much for listening to us, folks. Again, this is the Everything Medicare podcast. Thank you so much. And we will bring you another episode this coming Saturday. And have a wonderful week. Take care.